If you're anything like me, you enjoy a good glass of wine. But finding the right kind can be a hassle. Or maybe you want to buy a nice bottle as a gift but don't know where to start. That's where Simplified Wine comes in. Simplified Wine makes buying good wine simple. Just call 844-297-WINE, where a qualified sommelier will take your information budget, send you a curated list, and then wine straight to your door. It's just that simple. By the way, they also have a price match guarantee, so it's not only the easiest way to get great wine, but the least expensive. All you do is call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE. That's 844-297-WINE. Or don't like phone calls, you can just go to SimplifiedWine.com and hit the Simplify button. Same thing, just digital. Any wine you want, they can get. Just call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE to have the best wine at the best price delivered straight to your door. Guaranteed. What could possibly be simpler? Call Simplified Wine today. 844-297-WINE. City Maniac, the wit from the mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Good morning. Detroit, good morning, Interwebs, good morning, Southeast Michigan, good morning, Western Michigan, good morning, world, um, good day world, because, you know, fun dip, some people are listening to this actually not at 6 a.m., did you know that? Oh, yeah, because they're listening through uh, something that's very timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. I, I, I don't even know what that means, what are you, a children's show? <laughs> well, to a certain extent. That's disgusting. You need you need counseling. Uh, busy well, busy been week. Around since busy news week. Sixty four. Yeah. So, but you've been following the news this week. I'm sure. I mean, it's been. So we'll get to all of it. We have some great guests today. Uh, we have John Hawkins of RightWingNews.com. We've got Kate Bryan, who works for Acculturated, used to work with live action films, uh, does all kinds of great pro-life work. And then we have the fantastic Henner Gracie, uh, nephew to Hoyce and to uh, son to Horian, people who actually created the Ultimate Fighting Championships. And the reason we're having him on is because of this story, of course. You've seen that the New York cop has not been indicted who who allegedly choked the man to death. I'm sure you've seen this story, right, Fun Dip? I have heard it an awful lot on the radio, but I have not seen it on uh, TV or anything. It's a figure of speech. You know what? You've heard it. You've heard it. You're aware of it. I am glued to the radio for my news. Okay. Well, that's good. That's fine. Radio works. Radio is a medium that's very effective. You know what else is effective? Podcasting. So people, if you're listening now... Basically. And you want to listen later, you can go to louderwithcrowder.com or download all of these shows on iTunes. It's free. If you don't listen to them on Wham or live terrestrially, you can always go to the website and uh, and then you can listen to it there. Isn't that a credible fun dip? Audio is the way to go. Forget those TV stations and stick with audio. Because See, you're, I you're look pitch, I pitch look isn't with, the right pitch. Stick with audio. I look no, better I'm, on the radio, believe me. <laughs> I look way better on the radio than I ever could on TV. Well, 
It depends. You might have, you might be surprised. You might go on on television and you might find that people are are very accepting. <laughs> they, well, they haven't been since I've been born. What's going to make them change now? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay, people. So. Right calls to th- are not open today. So what you need to do is tweet me at S. Crowder. That's tweet me at S. Crowder with any of your thoughts or feedback as we go into the show. I'm doing this remotely. I know. Stand-up comedy. This is the life. So just tweet me at S. Crowder. But, of course, let's get to a couple of things, okay, this week. Big news story. Obviously, Ferguson is a big story. And uh, and so is Chris Rock has been really big this week. I'm sure you've been seeing Fun uh, Dip, all the quotes from Chris Rock this week. It's exhausting. My brain is Tired of all of the controversy. Well, you know what's so funny about Chris Rock? Okay, so you can bring up that first clip that I sent to you, Fun Dip. The folks, Chris Rock is um he's really changed. If you watch a lot of his old stand-up comedy, uh, he really talked a lot about personal accountability. He actually talked about, you know, it, it comes down <laughs> to individuals, not just black or white. His famous stand-up act, you know, black people versus N-word, sorry, that was his famous stand-up act, was talking about black people who are good people who want to get jobs, who who go out and contribute to society versus the N-words, as he referred to them, who, you know, simply live on welfare and smoke dope. This was his stand-up act, okay? That was him doing the bit. And his bit was, you got black people and you got N-word, and they have got to go. They have got to go, people. That's, That's a pretty good Chris Rock. Well, that's a pretty white Chris Rock. <laughs> well, all things considered, I would know who you were imitating if you hadn't mentioned it. I don't need to know that you're smoking crack. Let's. So, anyways, well, there, there's a bit that I want to show you that I thought was one of the funniest bits uh, ever that he did on this Chris Rock show, a short-lived show, and it was a sketch about how to avoid. This is from Chris Rock, okay? Because then we're going to get to his current quotes, blaming all white people, blaming all cops, talking about how racist America is. I want to go back to, I think this was 2000, I don't know, it was somewhere somewhere a few years ago where he talks about how to avoid being beaten up by a cop if you are a, a black man. And I always thought this was hilarious. Fun dip, we're ready to roll that clip. Yep. In the black community, myself, often worry that we might be a victim of police brutality. So as a public service, the Chris Rock Show proudly presents this educational video. And then the words on the screen there say how not to get your kicked by the police. Yeah, we can say ass on radio because he says it a lot. A police officer yeah, but I can't. And wondered, but... is he about to kick my ass? <laughs> well, no if you follow these easy tips, you'll be fine. First, Obey the law. Laws are made for a reason. Think of them as hints. You've heard people say, man, I wouldn't do that shit if I was you. Well, here's some of that shit. Wait, hold on a second. Let's stop this clip. Okay, I got to hit the delay button. Okay, I hit the delay button. You just use common sense. If you jump a subway turnstile, you might just get... Okay, I have I have gotten rid of Chris Rock. We've gotten rid of Chris Rock. Yeah, I completely uh, forgot that he said that in there because it was yeah. like his TV show. Well, you know, it's a TV show, and it's a TV show with a very very specific audience, and they can get away with language that we can't. So, I'm, oh, sorry, folks, we can't play this on the radio. But you hit the delay button, so we're not going to be paying a fine. Um, that's the first time I've ever hit a dump button. 
in well, you Blame decades, Chris Rock. Don't decades. blame me. I know, but it's beautiful. I always wanted to do that. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Rock. For the first time in Fun Dip's life, he's had to hit the dump button. Yeah, because so. in most of my career in music radio, I was just playing, you know, songs and talking for 12 seconds, and that was it. So, yeah, I got well, to hit really, the dump button. Really, so he goes through tips, you know. Tip number one, obey the law. You know, that's his first tip. And then it goes down to, you know, tip number two, you know, don't mouth off to cops. And then one that's really funny is he, he says, uh, any guy who's ever had a woman mad at them knows this. He says, make sure you do not have, and he doesn't say woman. Actually, now that I think about it, I think he says the B word, who is mad at you because there's nothing she wants more than to see your ass thrown in jail. And a cop pulls him over. Is everything okay here? And she just yells out, he got weed. He got weed. <laughs> and the cops just pull him out of the car and beat the tar out of him. Uh, Interestingly of- enough, that one of the police officers, as I scan through the video, one of the police officers does look almost uh, just like, uh, well, there's a variety of different police officers there. So, you know, it's like you've got, I don't know. You mean he looks like Darren Wilson? No, he looks like uh, Chris Rock. He looks like he could be his brother. I wonder if he's got a brother that was working on a show at the time. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, but that's actually, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. That's a good question because right now the narrative, right, is that the establishment, the system is stacked against all black people. Um, what about black cops? I mean, that's kind of something that just gets lost in the shuffle. There are a significant amount of police officers who are black in this country. So, I mean, what, what do we say to those people? Are they, are they race traitors? Are they people who haven't, they're, they're not privy to how the system is designed to uh, oppress them? I mean, these are interesting questions that need to be asked as opposed to just going into the sound bites. You know, and, and the reason I wanted to play that, because we're going to get into Ferguson, we're going to get into everything. And then uh, after the break here, in a couple minutes that we'll take, we'll bring on our wonderful guest, John Hawkins, author of rightwingnews.com. But Chris Rock, his latest quote is, uh, is he said, when we talk race relations in America or racial progress, I guess I should, should I do it? I should do it in the Chris Rock voice, right? Yeah, it can't hurt. Yeah. He says, when we talk about race relations in America or racial progress, it's all nonsense. That's what he said. He said, there are, there are no race relations. White people were crazy. Now they're not as crazy. To say that black people have made progress would be to say that they deserve what happened to them before. So he said, basically, uh, that there are no race relations. And he said that white people need to own their actions, not even their actions, but the actions of your dad. Yeah, it's unfair that you can get judged by something you didn't do, but it's also fair that you can inherit money that you didn't work for. Why is that unfair? That's, a, that's the only way I'm going to pay for my retirement. <laughs> well, I guess Chris Rock doesn't plan on leaving any of his hard-earned money to his children. Yeah, I bet. I mean, he's a multi-multi-millionaire. By the way, multi-multi-millionaire, uh, thanks to white people. Because even if you look at the black population, it's, it's not enough. It's not enough to, to, to make him the superstar that he's become. And rightfully so. Listen, Chris Rock is a funny guy. But he's going out and he's saying that we need to own the actions, not even our actions, but the actions of our dad, our, our, our forefathers. So yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll get into after the break here, Fundep. Let's just let's go to a break. But after here, that asks that leaves a lot of questions. Tweet me at S Crowder. How far back does that go? Do you think that white or black people should be held accountable for actions from generations before? Uh, at what at what point does it end? What do you think is appropriate? Tweet me at S Crowder. And as we come back from the break here, we'll talk with uh, John Hawkins, Lotter with Crowder. 
You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham Talk 1600. You are listening to Louder with Crowder, and I was just hearing myself back interrupting myself because Fun Dip can't do his job, but we have a great guest coming up here. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to have him. Lovely gentleman. Uh, we've worked t- together on some things for a long time, but haven't had him on the show. Creator, author, editor of rightwingnews.com, mammoth website, uh, John Hawkins. Thanks for being with us, sir. It's great to be on with you. I'm glad you finally invited me on after all this time. And you know what it really took? It's funny. Stephen wrote me a, an email asking for some advice on some web stuff, and he was like, yeah, you didn't respond to my last one. Frowny face. And so it's naturally, true. I missed it for three weeks. So he's like thinking, this guy is the biggest freaking jerk no, no, I've it's, ever it's... seen. And I wrote him back, and I admit, look, I'm sorry, I felt like a jerk. I felt, because I did, I felt terrible, because you actually, I mean, when somebody sends you an email with a frowny face saying you haven't talked to me, and you don't talk to him for three weeks, you really feel awful and then you know so then we finally got on the show but that's what it took really that is what it took and of course there was the anthrax i sent to your mailbox which was a little bit of a goose along i was wondering where that came from yeah well now i know guilty as charged it's really just powdered sugar because anthrax is expensive if you didn't know this it's so it's actually really expensive so it's cut with mostly powdered sugar um so depending how quickly you get to a doctor you might have a shot but we have a bunch of obviously. Listen, the big story this week is everything is race relations. You look on Twitter, every, you know. We obviously have Ferguson. Uh, we have Chris Rock. I mean, that's what's been going on here. So I, I know you were listening before the break. You saw that I had had read some of the Chris Rock quotes. Yeah, Chris Rock is a funny guy, but you can hear the wind whistle through his ears when he talks about politics. I, I just I saw this. I thought his comments were so obnoxious and so sure. dumb. And I said, but he uses a funny voice. So, hey, I'm Chris Rock. I, I can't do it as well as you. you know, I, <laughs> that was I, so I'm Chris, Chris, you're, doing, you're awful at doing Chris Rock, honestly. But I'm like, yeah, I'm Chris Rock. I have a funny voice, and I talk like this, so I can say all kinds of stupid stuff, and you can't say anything. You know, so you know, it's this, funny. This Chris Rock. When what? I was a kid, you know, I, I used to, uh, you know, I've been doing acting and stand-up. Really, I started acting when I was 11. So the first gig I ever actually had was a live stage show, the Just for Laughs. is a big comedy festival. And I was like this little sketch. I literally played a little boy in a sailor outfit who rides across on a bicycle looking a lollipop and so i was <laughs> backstage <laughs> I wait was back... wait wait we should hold on just one second do we have video of that somewhere because you know, so i know crazy. it would be incredibly but it would be incriminating if, if i weren't such a darn cute kid so i just I, I can apologize for nothing because i was cute when i was young and then i i mutated into the current monstrosity that you guys see before you but so I was backstage and I got to see all of these comedians. I mean, you know, Dame Edna, Richard Jenny, Jerry Seinfeld. And then I remember Chris Rock came on. And this is back when he was still wearing the Canadian tuxedo. You know, he was doing the jean jacket and the, and the full-on, uh, you know, dungaree-style jeans. And I remember his first bit, he went up and it was so profane. My dad had to have me leave. And his, I won't, he said, he went up and I'll never forget what it was because I never heard the rest of the bit. But it was, white people, you white people are crazy. You're really into two things, running and screwing. And he, but he didn't use the word screwing. And at first off, I don't get how that's a white thing, running and, and you know, the act of procreation. But that was how it started off. And my dad was like, oh, okay, we're going, to, <laughs> we're going to bring you into the green room where they have melon balls and uh, avoid this act. So that was my first, uh, first sort of, I guess, experience with Chris Rock. But here's something I want to ask you, John, and you 
can feel free to, to answer or tell me I'm an ass because a lot of people do. How far back do we go? If Chris Rock says, hey, own the actions of your ancestors, how far back? Are we talking 100 years, 200 years? And does that apply to crazy white people, as he said? Or what about the black African slave traders? You know, the, the originals where there's still slavery going on today in America. I mean, if we're throwing personal responsibility out the window and accepting actions for everybody, what level do you think is appropriate or in his mind? Well, there have been slaves everywhere since the beginning of time. I mean, you can go back and I mean, the whole Spartan, we look at a movie like 300. Oh, wow, that's great. Ugh. Yeah, their whole society was built on slavery. Their, their whole society, the men, that's why all of them were such good fighters. None of them did anything other than fight. They had a group of slaves that did it. Well, they did some other things other than fight, but we won't get into yeah, that. Yeah, they're running they're pretty, and... pretty gross, some of the stuff that goes on with that society. I, I thought they were fascinating, but the more you, you get in there, it's a deep layer. But anyway, but it's the same thing. Well, so is he responsible for, like, uh, I mean, who is he responsible? Is he responsible for uh, the, the black sniper who was out shooting people in D.C.? Is Chris Rock responsible for him because he's black? Or I mean, how does all this stuff work? I, I, I don't know. I sort of think everybody should be responsible for themselves. That's and, I mean, is Chris Rock, like you said, is he not going to leave his kids any inheritance? Well. And, and am I off the hook because my grandparents were growing potatoes in Ireland, like, a hundred years ago? Well, you're still eating the potatoes they grew in Ireland hundred years no, ago. No, those were so stale. I had to get new ones. Little known fact, Fundip is responsible for the potato famine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. What I, I think we just I lost John. I invented French fries in Ireland in uh, hundreds of years ago. Yeah, I think, John, are you still there? No, I think we lost John. Um, I don't know. Oh, I hear the little sound that means he's probably back. Oh, which yeah. one? No, I'm I'm here. I don't know what happened. John left us. He must have a horrible internet connection. Oh, well, you sound a little different, too, on uh, on your internet connection now than you did before. I have no idea why that would be. Oh, now, now you're sounding better, though. I think that Skype just takes a second to warm up. I think this is just a problem with doing things via internet. Sometimes you 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 have it and it's and it's 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 fantastic, and then you have it and you just want to you know shoot yourself in the in the in the face. Yeah, but, that uh, internet's never going to take off. Yeah, it's a fad. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a fad. Uh, no, I think it's an interesting point though that that John Hawkins brings up. I mean, if here's what it comes down to, Fundip: you either believe that you are responsible for yourself. Or you, or you don't. And in which case, when you say, okay, people are not accountable for their own actions, then you can expand it to, okay, so then really you can lump all responsibilities under the pot of yourself. So if I'm really not responsible, if I'm not accountable for my own actions, well, then of course you can make me responsible for the uh, – for the uh, the actions of my forefathers, or for the actions of, in Chris Rock's case, I guess, Coney. And I think we have John Hawkins back with us now. Yeah, that's weird. I have no idea in the world what happened. I mean, I thought maybe – one of us lost internet connection or something. It sounds like we're both here. I guess it's just one of those mysteries of technology. Or I could just go all the way and blame the NSA. They don't like what we're saying. It's yeah, weird I think you should blame so. uh, African slave traders. Why not? Why not? I, I mean, I, I don't know. If we're going back, every, you know, it's funny. I do, which is this is blame a very Al Gore's thing. grandparents because Al Gore says he invented the internet. This is true. I it's you know I actually do searches for my name on Twitter. 
which is, sounds terrible. I don't know if it sounds terrible or not. I do it. I'm just curious to see what people are saying. One of the funny things is, though, I see this all the time. There are people who are constantly talking about a slave trader named John Hawkins from 500 years ago, and it's like, who cares? It's 500 years ago. How are people so obsessed with this now? It's weird. I, I think I don't know. I find it weird anyway. Right. Yeah. I. I. I find. You know what I find weird? Um, America <laughs> right now. I find the whole thing just bizarre I, that, that Chris Rock can come out and say this and not be considered a horrendous racist. And I know, listen, I get it. We're a bunch of white guys talking about this. And, you know, here's the thing that I, I didn't want to do what a lot of conservatives do, where they just bring on a token black guy either. Um, we'll talk about this more after the break. John Hawkins after the break. I'm a We're having a happy morning. We are dancing, and we have John Hawkins, lovely guest with us, back after the break. John, thank you for staying with us, and we apologize for the dialogue uh, in the break that the listener will never fully comprehend. Yeah, I had no worries about the problems we had. Like I was saying, it's Detroit. You know, you got to expect that to happen. I Detroit, love Detroit is an awful place. I love well, Detroit. No, you don't. But here's the I, thing, John. I have been in Detroit one time. I was stopping at an airport, and I was just making sure as I got off the plane that there were no wild dogs coming if down you, the if hallway you were to in drive the, me, you know, drag me into a corner. And I, once I made it through there, I think everything. If was you fine. were in the airport, you were in Romulus. That doesn't even count. <laughs> See, Fundip loves to act as though he likes Detroit, but he goes down to the nice, uh, newly gentrified, safe areas of town, and then acts like he's part of part of you know the happening down there. When uh, well, I really, also go to City safe. Club, though. I mean, City Club's a dive. <sighs> I did okay. ask a waitress at the restaurant. I was like, "So, what? What all the stuff people have heard about Detroit? Is it true?" And she's like, "Well, there are a lot of places you don't actually stop at red lights." It's for true. fear that you'll be killed, and I was like, "Really?" It's like, absolutely true. As a matter of fact, it makes it makes St. Louis look like child's play, which kind of transitions into what we're talking about here with with St. Louis. You know what? Have you heard? Um, I'm sure you've written about this up at RightWingNews.com, uh, your mammoth website, John. Have you have you seen the Charles Barkley clip where he was talking about cops and, and Darren Wilson? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I thought it was you know only Charles Barkley can get away with saying that kind of stuff, I guess. So without anybody, I mean, there was a little bit of blowback, but not much. Like ah, Charles Barkley is going to say what he wants. Right. That's true. Well, listen, Fundip, if you can bring that clip up with Charles Barkley, um, it is it's incredible for people who don't know. Listen, it's Charles Barkley. OK, Charles, he, he was never quite Michael Jordan. I get it. But he was Charles Barkley, one of the best NBA players of all time. Also, he's done some pretty crappy stuff like, uh, you know, he's been a little unfaithful in the past, but he's always been really big on personal responsibility and not just jumping on the bandwagon. He actually came out and he did. He went one step further as opposed to just saying, you know, hey, let's wait. Uh, for the evidence here, hey, after the after the basically Darren Wilson was cleared uh, of the indictment, as as everyone out there knows, he even said, "Listen, justice was served," and he actually said, "I like cops. If we didn't have cops, there would be no order, there would be chaos." Now he's not supporting a police state, but he was talking about looking at the evidence and seeing people who are rioting and looting. Fundip, do we have that clip? Yeah, it looks like he's talking to uh, Brooke Baldwin here, so I've got that, and I will play it. 
Thank you, sir. And there it goes. We've got the little spinning circle. challenge Oh, uh, we've got a, We've got this commercial beforehand. So when it gets through this 30 seconds, we'll be able to play that. So we should be able to uh, get Charles Barkley. I saw him actually in the uh, in the Clerks animated cartoon. So uh, he's he was uh, at the end of the cartoon there doing some stuff where he had uh, he's giving tips to kids on how to behave. So that's kind of neat. And the reason uh, Stephen is unable to talk right now is because he's coming up on the same computer as that commercial. And here is Charles Barkley now. Talk about Charles Barkley now, shall we? Scumbags. That's what the former Hall of Famer calls looters in Ferguson who burned buildings after the grand jury decision. And he is sticking to that comment. Plus, he says it's ridiculous to think white cops are out there killing black people on purpose. Barkley first opened up at a radio interview. And last night, he sat down with Brooke Baldwin. Here we go. Let's just begin with the news of the day that Michael Brown's stepdad Mm -hmm. is being investigated for saying eight different times, burn this B down the night the grand jury decision was made public. He's being investigated for inciting a riot. Do you think that is fair? Should police be pursuing that? No, I think under the circumstances, this has just been an awful incident for everybody. And I just think that that just clouds the, the, the discussion. You know, one of the problems with this entire situation, uh, it's just so much noise going on, you never get to the crux of, of the issue you need to be discussing. Um, so, no, I don't think they should pursue charges against him. What about all the walkouts and all the protests? And you've definitely caught some, yeah. you know, slack for, for calling some slack. people. Number one, I haven't got any slack. I don't do social media. <laughs> I know I you don't, don't. And I don't sit around and watch what everybody think about me. I have the scumbag no, comment. Yeah, Respond when, to when that. You're, when you're looting people's property, that's what you are. That's against the law. It's not your property. You wouldn't want people to do it but to your house. All right, that's good fun, Dip. We got that clip, and I love, I love. I don't do social media. I just don't. I don't care. He doesn't give no craps. Um, what I always find funny about Charles Barkley is he's a he's a relatively smart guy, right? Who wants to sound like he's a really smart guy? So you can see him searching for the word. Was like it's not that the uh, the crux, and you know his head. He's like rolling through his rolodex of words. Like was crux the right word? I'm gonna go with crux. But uh, I have a friend that does that all the time. Yeah, but his commentary was right on the money here. I'm sure you've been following this, John. Um, I mean, did you know that if you look at the statistics, most of these places that have been burned down are are owned by by black people in Ferguson? Yeah, absolutely. And it's bizarre to me that it's even controversial to say rioters and looters are scumbags. Is is that a controversial statement now? I mean, I I think they need a little bit of a dose of Haley Barber out there saying looters will be treated ruthlessly. I'm from the school of thought that says you're looting somebody's place, you're you're rioting. I'm not going to be too concerned. If I were the governor, be like, whatever happens to them happens. You might have a pardon coming up if something happens to somebody's looting. I just those guys to me are the lowest order of society. And isn't it funny that we've got all this government? Government does everything in the world, all the stuff we don't want it to do, all the stuff we couldn't, we we wouldn't want them to do for any price. And yet, the one thing we want them to do, which is keep order, they don't do. Right. There's no National Guard out there night one. They knew that you might have riots, you might have looting. They didn't have them out there. The police were overwhelmed, and they bring them out night two. That's your first duty of government is to stop looters. And, of course, now that also tells you why you need a gun. They tell you you don't need one. Well, I think there's a lot of people in Ferguson that needed a gun that night. 
Yeah, I think you're a racist. Well, I hear that every day. Anyway, I get get so much of that on my Facebook page. Especially with your Southern accent. It makes it so worse. Your Southern drawl, they hear you, you go, looter, racist. I'm not even going to listen to what he has to say because he sounds sounds like he's from the Andy Griffith show. True story, the John Daly, uh, John Daly, the uh, John Stewart show wanted to have me on one of the segments where they, it's not on with him, where they cut it, you know, they cut it five zillion times and keep you in a room for three hours and keep yeah, going the and say what they want you to say. And I was like, huh, should I do that? Should I not? Then I was like, it's going to be on race. I'm like, there's no chance as a white Southerner that you're not going to make me look like a Klan member. Right. <laughs> they can, they'll just keep talking to you forever. They'll they actually will do stuff like keep you in a room, turn the temperature down to fifty degrees. Hey, could you repeat that a different way? Okay, a different way. Use a slightly different word. Like you use the N word just for fun. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just for fun. It's never going to go in the air. And then it's like here he is using the N word. I yeah. mean, that's that's how they do that stuff. Yeah. So have yeah, you been have you been bitten by any bugs that they find in your lawns in the South recently? What do they call those bugs? What what do you? What, do, you, do you mean chiggers? Yeah, we'll take that. And can you just give us a no afterward? And then they chop yeah. it together, and there you are in The Daily Show. You know, and it's funny. Listen, I think The Daily Show is, is, is very funny. I, one thing I hate is when conservatives say, you know, Chris Rock's not funny or John Stewart's not funny. They are. They are very funny, and they're also very effective. Um, actually, Jazz Shaw was recently on there and, and, and did a pretty good job of making sure they couldn't take him out of context. But speaking of context, here's the thing. John and and you you're obviously up uh, up to date on news, so I'm I'm really more so saying this to educate the the listeners out there. Um, the more you look at stats here in Ferguson, the worse this thing becomes. And this happens every few years. You have the Rodney King situation. You know, no one really remembers the guy was driving. You know, speeding down the freeway, high as a kite. Uh, doesn't excuse what the cops did. And in this instance, you know, a lot of people won't remember that Mike Brown was a. Uh, a uh, 6'4", 280-pound man who rapped about killing cops and raping women and strong-armed uh, convenience store owner while stealing cigars immediately before he assaulted a cop, reached for his gun, and was shot. History won't really remember that because the media just went, black person killed, young boy, innocent boy, and it is sad. It is sad that, that someone was killed. But if you really look at the statistics behind cops and behind crime, or, or like even in this case, look at this, the looting of the 25 known structural fires in Ferguson, most of those were, were minority-owned businesses. Um, that to me is so telling. It's telling that you get to a point where it's no longer about the issue. It's no longer about social justice of any kind. It's an excuse to break crap. And once we've gone into that territory, that's kind of how it'll be remembered historically. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it's all about the narrative. And the thing that blew me away with the Michael Brown case and the Trayvon Martin case, which is a little different, I thought that was more ambiguous and sadder. And I mean, look, best case scenario, you had a 17 year old kid who wasn't doing anything. Zimmerman was following him because he was trying to do the right thing himself. And you have this tragic situation where the kid makes a dumb mistake and he hits him and he does actually well enough that he made him afraid afraid of his life. There's so many things that went wrong there. Michael Brown's not even that sympathetic. He robbed a convenience store. He assaulted right. a cop. He ran back at him. The thing about it that always blows me away is how many people's minds don't change with the evidence. I mean, I didn't say much of anything about the Michael Brown case to the grand jury ruled, but I mean, there's so many people that got out in front of this thing and, oh, he was shot with his hands up. Well, no, he wasn't. He right. wasn't shot with his hands up. He wasn't just some as, guy. As though, by the way, ass. hands up completely absolves you of crimes. Even let's say your hands are up and you're running towards a cop. It doesn't matter if your hands are up. That's the thing. We love to focus on sound bites, right? It's, it's the Oprah world because Oprah's mind is, on, is on, only efficient enough to 
process information as sound bites. So it's, you know, hands up, that kind of deal. That wasn't the case, and it wouldn't matter if it were the case. So now we have these stats, right, <clears throat> where they're, they're pushing, I'm sure you've seen this, they're pushing the stats that, uh, you know, blacks are 20 to 25 times more likely to be shot by police than whites. This is what they're pushing out in the news, right? This is the stat. It's not true. It's not true at all. Do you know what the actual number is? They are more likely to be shot than, than I, white people. I researched this last week for an article I did called, ironically enough, How to Not Be Shot by a Cop. Okay. <laughs> and now the, I found different numbers, but the most reliable ones I found that I thought most reliable were 3 to 1. It's, yeah, 2.5. Yeah. 2.5 times more likely. And then if you look at the actual crime, particularly with, with, with black American teens, and listen, I'm not saying this as though – all black people are criminals, but the crime statistics show that uh, black American teens tend to commit crime in a way that would be congruent with how many more times they are likely to be shot by a cop. They're, they really do match up. If you look at the two charts, okay, crime statistics and cop shooting statistics, they tend to be pretty congruent. Now, <clears throat> you can take that and you can just run it as a soundbite. You can take it and you can just create a narrative. Like you said, here's what's so interesting, John. You mentioned that he's not even that sympathetic, right, Mike Brown? No, he's not. But it doesn't matter because the media made him out to be. How many times have they shown a picture of him flashing a gang symbol? How many times have they showed a picture of him at 280 uh, or, or, or played any of his rap songs about killing cops? How many times have the media actually, outside of you know Fox News or AM Radio, showed the clip of this kid shoving a convenience store out of the owner out of the way when he's trying to stop him from committing a felony, from stealing his, his merchandise? How many times have we seen that? You don't see it a lot, and that's the right. that's the thing about it. They do have an agenda with all of these things, sure. and you get put into a position where, like, I, I don't have any skin in the game. Between if Darren Wilson had ended up, if he had shot him with his hands up, I think Darren Wilson should have gone to jail for murder. Sure, I, I mean, I I just want whoever's innocent to be there, and I get put in a position like as a conservative to come out there and say, well. There's a lot of facts you're leaving out. It's like, oh, you must hate black people because you're actually putting out the facts of the case. Well, no, I just want to put the facts out there. And I think a lot of people get put in that position to, to do that. And it's not really fair. It's because the media doesn't do their job and they put us in a bad position where you've got to come out there and put the other side out. And like even in something like the Eric Garner case, which is horrible, you had a guy who in the end – ended up dying over uh, selling loose cigarettes. Should that even be a crime in the first place? I don't I, – I, I'm pretty iffy on that. But right. you get in the thing, do you do – you put if you're going to put the cop in jail, what do you put him in jail for? He didn't strangle him to death. I, I looked at the video. Honestly, I didn't think he used excessive force. I think he used an appropriate level of force given that the guy resisted arrest. Right. The guy died. I mean it's just one of those things where it's – the real problem is you got too many laws – the guy, if you were going to do something like that, shouldn't he have gotten a ticket or something? But they don't do that. They're going to make the cop go arrest him. Right. And we don't get into the real root of the problem. We get into all the other stuff, and we want to boil it down to a race-based issue. I don't know there's anything racist about it. Some people are – it's just that's how it plays out sometimes, unfortunately. Sure. Well, it's like the gang of, uh, of, of black teenagers who beat – the guy to death with with uh, basically a bag of hammers in front of his fiance um, is that a hate crime? Who knows? To me, I see it as an absolute tragedy, and I see the people, regardless of race, who beat someone to death with hammers as animals. I, I see those people as, as as an absolute. That's that's like a gang of wild animals doing something like that, and has nothing to do with race. And the problem is now you can't make moral judgments because we've been told there is no moral right or wrong that everything's a gray area. So moral judgments are now considered. Uh, 
more Im- more immoral, ironically, than anything else. And so what does the left do? Well, you can't make moral judgments, right? So we've, we've, we've erased that. So it must mean that you're only making racial judgments. And we'll actually have Henry Gracie on later to talk about the choking case with the New York cop because you know, he started the UFC. Uh, his family started the UFC. He still trains a lot of UFC mm-hmm. fighters, and he knows how a choke works. I mean, so do I. I've been choked out several times. Anyone who understands the, the basic biomechanics of a choke knows that this guy was not necessarily killed from a choke. But listen, I wanted to get to one thing here before we go to a break in, in sure. two minutes. Um, people posted, right, Wilson's address. Uh, and, of course, his family have had to go into hiding now. There have been all kinds of death threats. You did some research from your end. Uh, tell us what it is that you did exactly. Well, the New York Times, on the eve of these riots, did an article on Wilson getting married. They put up his marriage license, but they also put up the street he lived on. It's not a big street. Once they tell you the street, honestly, you can go in, do a search with his name in the street, and you can have a Google view of his house. Right. So they do this right before they know there's going to be these riots, and I I know exactly why they wanted to do it. They wanted to go out to do it because they're, hey, we don't like this guy, and hopefully something will happen. You know, right. maybe someone will burn his house down. I don't know if he's there, but Can't or he'll be that. home and something will happen. So it's the most irresponsible thing in the world because there's no reason, no possible reason to put his address in there in the first place. And if you're doing it right before there's going to be violent riots, where there's all these people that want to kill the guy. Why do that? So I, I thought that was so ridiculous and so uh, just out there that I went out on Twitter and I said, listen, I run a website. We do – 12 million visits a month. I will link anybody that can get their confirmed addresses up of the reporters that put out the story. Mm-hmm. So it happens that Charles Johnson at Got News, who's an outstanding researcher, I knew they were legit, had them. So I ran with it. Uh, we ran it on Facebook. I'm guessing 900,000 people hit that article. And yeah, it and got let me, it let me make a guess. Let me make a guess. Not a single person tried to harm this reporter because conservatives probably just gave him a scolding. I don't think anybody tried to harm him. I think some people ordered some pizzas. Right. Yeah, exactly. I have heard that. Uh, Charles also Where, ran a pizza? follow-up article saying the police were telling him that they were getting all kinds of, oh, we need help. People are sending pizzas to our house and For that kind of thing. Fundip wants to jump in because he heard pizza. Yeah, yeah, pizza. <laughs> what were you going to say? That's not a prank. That's just a good evening for you, right? Yeah. If somebody sends free pizza over, I am all about that. As well, long I think as it's you not low-brow pizza. bill is the problem. No. Yes. So, you know, and, and some people thought that was a good idea. Some people thought it was a bad idea. I, I have to tell you, I think it's time for us a little bit when liberals do this kind of stuff. I, I don't. It's not that I want to do anything to them. I want them to stop doing it. Right. And if they're the only way I think in the end they stop is if they get a taste of their own medicine. And if right. there's a reporter out there the next time something like this happens, and they're thinking, well, I think I'll put Michelle Malkin's address in an article, which they've done, or somebody else's. I want them no, to think. Do not well, do that. That, that woman is armed to the teeth. Well, she ended up having to move. I don't know if you knew this, out of D.C. because sure. I, I don't. So she had to move. At, there were these uh, leftists who did an article, and they put their own addresses in the po- in the in the release, the PR release. Right. She put out the PR thing, and then it's like, oh, Michelle Malkin put out their home addresses. I well, know. Well, I've been to her place out there in the uh, we won't say where, but in the mountains, and uh, just a lovely, fantastic woman. We're going to go to a break, John. Where can people best find you? rightwingnews.com that is the place to find my work and our page and you ought to check it out we've got great stuff on it well thank you John appreciate it and we will be back after the break fun dip and I lotter with Crowder don't change that dial
This is Steven Crowder, host of Louder with Crowder, and I just wanted to tell you about the best gun-related website there is, AR15.com. It's one of my favorite sites on the internet, period. I know some of you hear AR15 and say, isn't that the scary black rifle? Well, yes, it is, but AR15.com is the best site for all information on anything gun-related informative articles, and the biggest active gun-related community on the web to personally help you with gun safety, recommendations, where to take your permit courses, as well as the best gun store on the internet. I'm talking accessories, upgrades, ammo, whatever you need at, frankly, the best prices I've ever seen. So whatever your gun-related needs, whether it's information, personal help, or you're looking to make a few purchases, AR15.com is the best website there is. Go there! AR15.com. Visit AR15.com today for all of your gun-related needs. That's AR15.com. Fun dip. Shut up. It's my show. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham! Talk 1600. You are listening to a strange animal, the strangest animal of AM radio. We always have to do that with the, the Gowan intro, who apparently your, your wife is a fan of Gowan. Oh, yeah. My wife loves that, and uh, she used to love this TV show about a Canadian Mountie guy that she uh, watched religiously and has uh, VHS tapes of the show on the shelf. I think it was... Dudley Do-Right. No, no. It was, it was a live-action one. Uh, I forget the name of it, though. I have no idea what you're talking about. It probably wasn't watched in Canada. It was probably like in Canada, you know, we don't drink Molson Canadian, we drink Molson Export, and then you guys drink Molson Canadian in the States. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, we drink Canadian uh, Molson Dry, Molson Export, and Molson Canadian is not nearly as popular in the States. They're going, oh, I'm, drink- I'm drinking the Canadian beer. It's, it's Canadian. It's the best beer. It's Canadian. It's like, no, now, what we're about, just giving you our crap. What about Labatt's? Take Labatt's Blue and Labatt's Blue Light. Uh, what is is there a different version of that that you yeah can't in, get in here? Canada it's much it's much heavier well we do ABW so it's alcohol by weight not by volume so I think a Labatt in Canada here it's about five percent and in Canada you know Molson Labatt they're typically like six and a half okay so that'll make a pretty big difference people think oh it doesn't sound like a lot but with a beer you know if you're having a few with some friends at a barbecue you know an extra one and a half percent basically at the end of the night that's an extra beer or two oh um, man. So, yeah, so it can make a pretty pretty big difference, though it's all been evened out now with the craft brew, which, of course, for those of you, if you don't know, craft beer in Michigan is huge right now, and it employs a lot of Americans. They even just signed a bill to allow um, the, the capacity, I think it was 16,000 barrels to like 30,000 barrels for those who are home brewers. So I think we're going to have to go to a break, though, soon, right, Fun Dip? No, Yeah, geez. we're going to the we break. 30 seconds now. until the break. Uh I was going to get into the whole Chris Rock thing, but we'll get into this after the break. We're going to have Kate Bryan from uh, Live Action and Acculturated. Brilliant. We'll be talking more about Ferguson and uh, abortion. Louder with Crowder. Stay tuned. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham! Talk 1600.
It's time for the Motor City Maniac, the wit from the mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. You are back. You're welcome for free content. We're supposed to say thank you for listening, and I do appreciate you listening. I'm very grateful that you're listening to the program, but you are getting a free show right now. You get to do the show for nothing, and all you have to do is listen. So you're welcome. You are incredibly welcome, and uh, we're glad to have you back. We have Kate Bryan coming up here after well, only a few minutes. Sometimes these these breaks, when you read your news, and then you have Major Wood on with his ads, you know, fun dip. It just it gets so long. Oh, but it's great though. I mean, people get to hear what's going on. I found the uh, story about the uh, protest in Detroit pretty interesting. And then uh, the House passing the road funding plan. Uh, I always like to see what's going on here in Michigan because so much of the news today is about the national stuff. And I like to see how it connects to uh, our world right here where I live. Right. Yeah. Well, go watch LeVar Burton. Oh, (laughs) Reading Rainbow. (laughs) But don't take his word for it. We, that's okay, Lavar. We won't. Take the word of a bunch of six-year-olds. That always made no sense to me. I, totally... I really like this book, but don't take my word for it. Okay, we won't. But you got to think of who the target demo is. It's other six-year-olds. Who is a kid going to believe? Another six-year-old or some guy you know, with a thing going across his eyes saying, yes, Captain, I'm working in the engineering department? If that child chooses to believe another six-year-old, he's a very stupid six-year-old, and he doesn't deserve to live. <laughs> You're a horrible person. He doesn't deserve to survive the evolutionary process. Okay, speaking of which, speaking of, of, of Wood and Major Wood and, uh, and uh, Reading Rainbow, so Hopper, you know Hopper is my, my dog, for people who don't know, he's a 90-pound doggo Argentino, looks ferocious, sweetest dog on the planet. Uh, he's come with me to Texas. You know, my family lives in Texas. We were here for Thanksgiving. We come here quite a bit in the winter. Um, do you have your Christmas tree up yet, Fun Dip? No, but I still have a Santa Claus in the window from last Christmas. Wow. I put, oh, you're you're that guy Gretchen Wilson was singing about with rednecks. No, Ben refused to take it down. He says, I love it. It's Santa Claus. So for okay. the kid, we left it up. But I put my uh, Rudolph on the front of the house, which I ordered online if, from Etsy. It's an wow. actual 1970s era, one of those plastic kind of pressed, uh, they look like Rice Krispie treats, but made of plastic and then shaped into a Rudolph. I got two. Is of them. it is it the Rudolph from the Christmas special? It's kind of a generic Rudolph. Oh, okay. uh, this it was is from the era before everything was a licensed version of something. Right. Well, well, no, that Rudolph I think came out in the '60s, right? The one with the little the Hermie the Elf who wanted to be a dentist. Oh yeah, special. but you never saw the licensed toys of it until thirty years later. That is true. Okay. Well. We got we, we've put the Christmas tree up, okay, and uh, and Hopper is great. He's always he's never we've never had behavioral issues. He's super obedient. <laughs> we look under the Christmas tree yesterday. <laughs> Hopper had peed on the Christmas tree. <laughs> Outstanding <laughs> in the house. <laughs> We're going, nowhere else has he ever. He's never peed in the house. He's like it's so, a tree. Yeah, I mean, think about it. He just thinks, like, for Christmas, he's he's gotten a potty, you know, an indoor potty for Christmas. Now, are you using a real tree? 
No, it's not even a real tree. And he peed right on the skirt underneath the tree. But I think he was just because he's never peed anywhere else. You know, some dogs will have dominance issues or submissive peeing issues where they'll pee on the couch or they'll pee on the carpet. Yeah. The fact that we've never had any issues with him at all and he peed specifically under the tree makes me think he was just confused. Either that or he's one of those guys that just hates Christmas. <laughs> You're a mean one, Mr. Dogrinch. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh he's 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 just the greatest dog. So it's funny cuz we're here in Texas now and and I will say this while we're talking about race relations with Hopper, I get one of two reactions generally speaking with black people because I live in an area of Michigan that is very mixed. So we have a lot of a lot of white people, a lot of black people, a lot of Asians, a lot of Indians. Um they either love him and want to breed him or they're terrified of him because think about it you know in a lot of these areas dog, dog fighting is, is is pretty big you know you had the michael vick situations and so it's something that at least a lot of a lot of black americans are aware of you know and, and of course most of them have nothing but uh, they deplore dog fighting right as anyone should and so hopper because of what he is he looks like a giant i mean pit bulls don't get to 90 pounds but he looks like an all-white you know 90 pound pit bull that's what he looks like if you didn't know who he was so I was at the park with my dad. We were training out in this, this soccer field. So it's like the length of four soccer fields. There's no one for miles. It's the only time we leave him off leash, and he just sits right next to you. You know, he never leaves. But this lady is walking by, a black lady, with two of those, you know, those little hairless Chinese crested terriers? Yeah, they look like the kind of dog you would have as an hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> yes. Ex- well, I think, I think she thought that's what Hopper was thinking. But Hopper's really friendly. He just sort of sauntered on over. And we're not really paying attention, okay? And I hear, all I hear, and we, we turn over, I hear, no, 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 mother, no. She's just like cussing and she's clutching her dogs to her chest and kicking like the air as Hopper is jogging up near her. She's terrified of him. And Hopper was scared. He just ran right back. But she just was just, just terrified, screaming at the top of her lungs just because he showed up. So... I'm sure she probably had a negative experience with a dog like him. In that the past. happens to me every time I come around the corner in the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, it's fun dip. No, no. no. Anytime you show up at the buffet, oh my god! <laughs> I walk into the Chinese buffet. No, no, please leave some for somebody else. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, it, it's just, you know, it just shows you that you do have to be aware, you know, with a bully breed. And listen, and that's why I'm sensitive when we talk about Ferguson, when we talk about cops and we talk about black people who feel you know discriminated against. Listen, I have to I think conservatives also have to be understanding. OK, there are people who are alive today. There are black Americans who weren't allowed to drink from the same fountains. Right. There are black Americans who did, were not allowed to go to the same diners. And so for those people, listen, I can understand if they're going to be apprehensive. I can understand if they they really, you know, they're waiting to make sure discrimination is is over with. But most of those people are not the kind of people who are going to riot, loot, or burn down establishments owned by other black people in Ferguson, Missouri, or in New York or Detroit or wherever the protests take place. But I do hate it, too. And I think you're a reasonable guy, Fun Dip. You know, some conservatives <laughs> can be completely out of touch when they're like, just, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And yeah, it does come down to personal responsibility. But we don't do anyone any favors by by being completely sort of glib to yeah. the actual history, which is still relatively recent with black Americans. One of the, th- one of the great stories of 
hope and connection that my dad tells from the riots in Detroit before I was born in the late 60s. My dad had a brake shop not too far from St. Cecilia's, so it would have been on Livernoy. And my my dad at that point had moved to Livonia. He had the, the house in Livonia, and he was living there but commuting back and forth to the brake shop on Livernoy. And when the riots hit, the guy who had just the most gorgeous house, which was right behind the brake shop on the side street, right. uh, African-American guy, or at the time, you know, black man, uh, he said, Ralph, you stay home. Don't come in today. I will sit in my truck with my shotgun and make sure nothing happens to your effectively white-owned business. And wow. that bond, that relationship was really cool. And it, it, it showed me that, you know, even in times of adversity, if people respect one another as human beings, right. you can get along and and not pay attention to the the whole it's skin color it's just skin right it, oh, i mean obviously there's a, there's a cultural you know differences but you, you know what you're saying it just it comes down to what it comes down to the same thing what personal responsibility it comes down to personal accountability that guy if you were pulling a chris rock and telling your dad he needs to be responsible for the actions of his forefathers even though your dad was irish and his forefathers were were potato farmers crappy when i add the, no one has had worse luck with potatoes than the the country that is known for potatoes yeah well but, no uh, the the irish was my ma's side my dad is as uh, of newfie uh, blood oh that's right he's newfie well that's not that's he's no prize either um, <laughs> hey but, he's the greatest man i ever met I know, I know. Well, I mean, if he was going to hold your dad responsible for the actions of his forefathers, I guess he'd be throwing conch shells at him and, and, and lobster. But uh, that is, that's you know, it's funny. That's one of those things we've been talking about the news all day. But that's a story that I'll take with me. That that warms my heart to hear that story, especially, you know, my dad was raised in Detroit, in actual Detroit. Everyone says Detroit, but he was raised in the bad part of Detroit during the riots and um, remembers all the, the, the city warnings. And to hear that even there, you know, those riots, which are as bad as ever, uh, certainly, certainly worse than even Ferguson now, that two people could just come together as human beings. That's fantastic. Let's go to break here. We'll bring back Karen. Uh, sorry, we'll bring back... Um, Katie Bryan. Karen Bryan is a sports reporter. We'll bring back Katie Bryan, and hopefully we will warm your heart some more. Let not your heart be troubled. Louder with Crowder. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham Talk 1600. Getting the funk on. Gotta be funky. That's how this show is. It's funky, and a lot of people don't like funk, but we appreciate it. I know Fun Dip likes the funk, <laughs> and keep, so do I. I and so does our next guest, a uh, wonderful young lady who's done great work with live action, has been a pro life activist, and now works with uh, Acculturated, a great website. Kate Bryan, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Stephen. No, we're glad to have you here. And uh, before the break, you were just mentioning you were listening to Fun Dip's story about his dad. Your mom was raised in the Detroit area, right? Yeah, she was. So she was there during the riots as well, you know, and it's really, um, it's interesting to see all these stories going on with Ferguson and then in New York. Um, 
but really so many people close to us lived through similar things or worse things in right. the past, you know? So I think it's just an ongoing conversation that obviously needs to needs to happen. So I'm glad you guys were, t- were talking about it and sharing stories from the past. Oh, uh, well, that's okay. But don't get too serious because we're not, we're not comfortable <laughs> okay. with, with right, too good. serious of a conversation here. Um, <laughs> but you know what's funny? I wanted to sort of take this and pivot because, you know, obviously we're dealing with race relations this week in America. That's what everyone is talking about, unfortunately. And they're doing so, the media is doing so in a way that is divisive, designed to strain, divide, devised to divide and conquer. That's really what leftists do. But uh, I have some information from you. Have you, you've been following, I'm sure, Ferguson, right? And, yeah. Uh, well, it's it, it is pretty sad. Uh, and, and the problem with for me though is the media malpractice that goes on. They try and say, well, black people are killed at a rate by police of 25 to one compared to white people. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, that would be terrible, right? Of course, that would be a tragedy. It's also not true. I have the stats in front of me. It's uh, a two to one ratio. Which mm-hmm. now, listen, granted, considering uh, considering how much black people make up of the populace, that would be pretty high, right? But if you look at the statistics as far as crime rates um, committed by by African-Americans versus white Americans, it actually sort of evens out. These numbers are congruent. And uh, I have a number here, actually, as far as percentage of people killed by cops. So right now they're saying nearly everyone who's killed by a cop is, is a black teen. Um, if you look at actual percentage of people who... I have this number right here. Uh... I'll bring it up afterwards. Anyways, a significant high, significantly higher percentage of people who are killed by cops are white. So it, that sort of destroys that that myth, that narrative, as you've said. But the, the real point here is it's, it's media malpractice and it's designed to stir something up, like posting the address to Darren Wilson's family. When you see this, and, and you know your mom was from Detroit during the Detroit riots – how do you how do you react as someone who works in media? Do you just go, well, it's par for the course? No, I think something that I learned at Live Action, and now I'm I'm you know do stuff with Acculturated and also work for a group in DC called the American Principles Project. Something that I've learned through all these different things is just that um, we have the power to control the media narrative. Sure, there will be things that'll happen um, that they'll, they, they have their own narrative that they want to put forward, but we need to fight back. And I think, you know, you do a great job with social media and, and conservatives are starting to do a better job with social media, spreading the message, fighting back against, um, the media bias and actually calling out these reporters or other people, celebrities. I know there's been a lot of stuff going on with Lena Dunham recently, and a lot of conservatives have been going out after her and just setting the record straight. So I think in all these situations, we need to fight back. Right. Um, and we have that power with social media, which is great. You're right. Well, exactly. There aren't the same gatekeepers. And I want to go back to that statistic real quick just because I, I missed it. It was in front of me. Unlike other radio hosts who sometimes <laughs> just make stuff up, I have the stat uh, of Sorry those killed that. by police. 32% are black and 64% are white. Mm. So a far cry from 25 times, you know, black people are 25 times more likely to be shot by a cop than, than white people. Either these are the actual crime reported stats, 32% black and 64% white. And listen, anytime a, a child or anyone is shot who is innocent, that's a tragedy. I think conservatives need to start off with that. That's really sad. Um, like you talked about, if, we can reset the, the the narrative, I guess. We can sort of correct some things. If you look at the Mike Brown situation, if it weren't for Twitter, if it weren't for fa- Facebook, if this were back in the age of Walter Cronkite, ABC, NBC, CBS, right, controlling the media, we would have never heard any of these things. It would have mm-hmm. been an innocent 
14-year-old kid who weighed 170 pounds is what we would have thought who was just gunned down by a cop for no reason. And the reason that was able to be corrected is like you're talking about, people like you, people like John Hawkins who are able to change that. I mean, that's so monumental when you think about it, how you can affect that change, which we never had the ability to do. Yeah, and I think we need to take that seriously. Um, I, I could definitely be better on social media, and I know so many conservatives, so many of your listeners have Twitter or Facebook or other things, but you know, we need to, first of all, I think it's important to take a breath, and um, the, other, the left is always so um, reactionary, so they jump on, on board with things, which is often why they make missteps or, or say um, wrong things, and we do it too, but take a breath, um, you know, wait until the the stats come out, but also push back when the media is saying something that you know is untrue. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And it's it's funny. That's always what I said. And if I look at most conservatives timeline, OK, including yours or John Hawkins uh, or myself, or if you look at even Fundip, who's who's, you know, more moderate when this first happened or like Ben Howe, when this first happened, the situation with Darren Wilson and Mike Brown, most conservatives, OK, either were completely silent or they said, let's wait here and take a breath. As a matter of fact, you had Ben Howe, who was really mad with Darren Wilson, and then their minds changed when the evidence came out and the grand jury made its decision. That was the trend, was let's hold off. And you can see it, as opposed to the leftist timeline was right away. Racism, discrimination, let's post their addresses. Cops suck, discrimination, uh, police state. It really is true. Every conservative I know said what you just said. Just breathe. Take a breath. Mm -hmm. That should be a bumper sticker. Yeah. And truth is on our side, you know, on on so many issues that we deal with. um, And, you know, this is kind of a different thing, you know, but we wanted to wait and hear what what is actual truth and put that forward. And I think that, you know, conservatives really always are on a search for truth and want to put that forward. So, um, yeah, I think it's great that a lot of conservatives did that in these particular cases. Let me ask you this. Would you ever aim a, uh, a, a fake gun at people in a park, or would you ever uh, punch a cop breaking his orbital bone and then expect to get off scot-free? <laughs> no. No, definitely not in D.C. or uh, Detroit, any of the places that oh, I Oh, your white you know, privilege is showing. <laughs> your white <laughs> no, privilege is showing. You're a pretty tall girl, right, Kate? What are you, 5'9"? I am. Yeah, I'm nine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you'd have some range if you learn how to throw that that punch. You could crack it like a whip. Just throw it out there and bring it back, and you could do some damage to uh, to the five zero if you wanted. I think you should go on a spree and see if you can get away with it. With just just no no no. Hey hey, my I'm I'm a I'm a white chick. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear this guy from you know the MMA that you're having on next. I can't wait to hear that. We'll yeah, that's, all take some lessons from him. Actually, you know what he does? He teaches a, a, a rape proof. He teaches a woman's self defense course. Love it. Yeah, love it. guy is called Henner Gracie, and he's not a conservative. At least he doesn't know it yet. But I've been working on him. <laughs> Um, a business owner from Brazil, and he didn't really. Fi- and, and then these things, he sees like the choking case coming out. He he sees the riots coming out, and he goes, "Okay, I'm, I'm open to listening now. What's your point of view?" And um, now he's married. So, fun dip. I think you're saying we have to go to a break. Is that what I'm hearing now? Uh, all right. Well, I can't really hear the music through my headphones right now. So, Kate, thank you very much. We will come back and pivot this to your area of expertise: uh, abortion. Lotter with Crowder. Stay tuned.
You crunch for time looking for that perfect Christmas gift list and nobody needs pajama grams or socks. Send them a gift they'd actually like. A nice bottle of wine would be nice, but sometimes that's complicated. That's where Simplified Wine comes in. Just call 844-297-WINE, where a sommelier will take your information, budget, and they will deliver stellar, beautifully packaged wine right to their door. I took care of all my relatives, friends, business associates with just one phone call. Really, it is that simple. By the way, they also have a price match guarantee, so it's not only the easiest way to send a great gift but the least expensive all you need to do is call simplified wine at 844-297-WINE and they take care of the rest don't like phone calls just go to simplifiedwine.com and hit the simplify button call simplified wine at 844-297-WINE to have the best wine at the best price delivered straight to their door guaranteed what could possibly be simpler call simplified wine today 844-297-WINE Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. Louder with Crowder, we are back. Thank you for tuning in. You're welcome for free content. And our lovely guest is back, Kate Bryan, who works with the Culturated, has done so much work with live action, and you can find her on the Twitters at Kate M. Bryan. I highly recommend following this young lady. Thanks for being back with us, Kate. Thanks so much for having me. So we were talking about, of course, right now, Ferguson is is the big issue. The New York cop choking. This is the big issue. It's There's a real racial tension. I mean, yesterday on Twitter, you know, it was uh, the hashtags were alive while black, criming while white. It was just nonstop mm-hmm. everywhere. And all these people are saying, oh, your white privilege is showing. And, oh, you have no idea what it's like to be. Um, firstly, I on a personal level, I have every idea as to what it's like to be discriminated against being an English speaking dual citizen being raised in French Canada where I wasn't allowed to go to English schools, where I wasn't allowed to read English menus, where I wouldn't be allowed to open an English named restaurant. There are actual language police state enforced discrimination against people of a certain culture. Um, but here in the States, you know, we see this a, a lot. Now, listen, Kate, you're, you're about my age. You're younger. This is a genuine question to you because I was raised in what I thought was a post-racial America. And in my experience, now again, I understand that there are people who are alive who weren't allowed to drink at the same fountains. There are people alive who who dealt with the civil rights protests of the 60s. I get that. But for people who were raised alongside of us, uh, black, Asian, Indian, people who I was raised with in school – there were no, there were weren't the same racial racial tensions. It really was post racial America, and I can authoritatively say, from my point of view, I want your input, that it seems as though since Barack Obama, race relations with our generation are worse than ever. That's interesting. No, that's a that's an interesting point. Um, I was thinking more about just how 
you know, being raised, I know, um, you know, you were around Michigan and I was raised outside of Detroit and heard a lot of the stories back sure. in the sixties, like what we were talking about, but my parents worked really hard to, to, to teach me and my siblings, um, about other cultures. And I remember going to like Indian, you know, Indian American powwows, American Indian powwows and, um, going down to Detroit, seeing different cultural things, um, uh, going to, Little Italy, you know, just learning about other cultures. And I think that this opens up a whole nother like thought process for me just about families and like upbringing. And, you know, I think that there is, um, we're, it's unveiling this whole thing that parents really need to be teaching their kids about other cultures and, and learn to love one another no matter what you look like. And I, I don't know about the... Um, or or just like Fundip, hate everyone, period, <laughs> across the board. That's true. Unless That's they give true. me food. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it would make life so much easier if you just hated everybody. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of most people, so you can just do that. You just be the grumpy old man, just accelerate it, start it at 30. Get yeah. off of my lawn. <laughs> yeah, get off my lawn. Thank you, Fundip. And Fundip, surprisingly, uh, he doesn't have a lawn, so he just goes to other people's lawns and demand that everyone get off of the lawn. It's, uh, it's just something that I've noticed ah. with my generation. That race relations have been really strained, have been worse than ever in my lifetime. I'm not talking about people who are in their 60s or 70s who actually dealt with racism, but people in my age who who didn't deal with any kind of mm -hmm. systemic discrimination or prejudice. I'm not saying I know what it's like to be black in America, believe me. But uh, I've definitely noticed more tension and in, 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 in more divide than ever before. But speaking of this, though. So we often talk about discrimination in police with, with with brutality towards black people, and it's something that's really in the news. But there is one area where there is incredible discrimination against, uh, I guess you would say, there is proactive targeting of black people, and that is the situation where we're talking about the really the abortion holocaust in this country. And that's something you've spoken about. I mean, uh, the stat I have is now a, a black baby in America is almost as likely to be aborted as they are to be born. And you've worked with, with live action for a long time. Uh, I mean, what have you witnessed in, in, in that field? Have there been inroads made? Uh, is, is, it a, is it a cultural divide, or do you think it goes back to eugenics with, with Sanger herself targeting black people? Well, Sanger started Planned Parenthood, the largest abortion provider in America. And, and um, you know, the majority of abortion clinics are in minority neighborhoods. I think it's something like 78% right. are in minority neighborhoods. And um, the abortion rates of different, um, you know, African-Americans and even Latinos are pretty high in America. And so that's another thing is like, why are these protesters not speaking out about that? Like, let's talk about black lives do matter. Um, let's use that hashtag and talk about abortion. And there's this attack on um, on African-Americans within the abortion industry. And, and that needs to be exposed. And live action's done a lot of work on that. Um, and on other things like gender side, the attack on baby girls, um, sure. and that's actually happening in America. Um, so so I think there needs to be a discussion on that, too, is like that there is this attack on. Well, 90 uh, percent, you know, 90 percent of babies with Down syndrome and we don't have the stats on all babies with special needs. But at least with Down syndrome, nine out of 10 uh, are aborted if there's a prenatal diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now it's opening up to other things. I've seen a couple of stories recently about autism and how autism rates are so high here and there are different there's debate about when that actually happens whether you know a baby is born with autism or if um you know sometimes it's something af afterwards that happens with asperger's syndrome and things but now there's this opening this door that's opening to abort those babies 
Right. It's it, Well, I mean, you've opened the, the door is open, period, and now you can abort anyone you choose to. That's kind of the issue. If you want to talk right. about discrimination, I can't think of anything more discriminatory than deciding which lives are worth actually living. Definitely. And it's, it's like we've stepped into weird minority report kind of territory where we decide who lives, we decide who dies, and it's, and it's entirely oh, – I find that big – I find that to be a big irony with feminists that they say, you know, you have this unrealistic standard of beauty and don't judge us. And you have this unrealistic expectation of, of beauty for women. Yet in the unborn, they demand absolute perfection. Otherwise, they shouldn't be born. Um, that to me is one of the big ironies that I, I'm amazed no one else really talks about. Right. And and also what what's liberating about abortion for women? You know, this is an attack on women as well. And you hear all these stories about women and now men. Um, who have had abortions even, you know, 30, 40 years ago, um, who are now saying that it's destroyed their lives, you know, and they've carried this burden. So it's an attack on on really all of humanity. It's a good point. It is an attack on on humanity. It's it's we are losing our humanity right now. When you think about it, think about this for a second. Everyone is told that they're white or they're black, that they're a cop or they're a victim, that you either deserve to be born or or you don't. It's actually, you know, they say it's it's actually cruel. It's immoral to allow these children to live who aren't perfect because whether it's autism or Down syndrome or any kind of a disability, we're just going to ax you before you even come out of the womb. And, and all of that is based on a technicality of an inside or outside a woman's uterus. That's what it comes down to. That's, that's what determines really now when you have people like Wendy Davis, when you have people who want abortions to be legal really into the third trimester, what really determines whether they can basically uh, put a pair of scissors in you, cut you limb from limb and throw you in a wastebasket is if your head is inside or outside of the birth canal. That's really the technicality is what it seems it comes down to now. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think we saw a year and a half ago, we saw this Gosnell case um, or two years ago kind of open up that door and say, when is a life a life? Because you're, you're seeing all these um, babies that were full term that were being aborted. Um, Yeah. So I need, we need to put a face on the issue. And I think the video that you did, earlier this week just put a face on the issue and showed these beautiful um, people with special needs and how much they really offer to society and how much joy they bring. Well, not only joy they bring, because that's a selfish thing, right? We were like, we want to bring joy to us. But it is but it is true. We are selfish beings. But um, there is uh, just a capacity for compassion mm-hmm. to love unselfishly that you see, not not with all. You know, listen, of course you're going to have some people with special needs who are just like, Rah! you know, I don't know if, well, I guess Larry Flint wouldn't be considered Some the case. of us are that way, though, too, Stephen. It, yes, you know. most of us are that way. <laughs> Certainly much more than most people with Down syndrome. So some of them, so I don't want to generalize too, too unfairly, even in a positive way, but statistically, they tend to be happier, more fulfilled, and more affectionate. And, and I don't just say because we love having someone who loves us and is a affectionate, but there, there's something we can really learn from that and go, oh my gosh, this is how these people treat other people and we're just being horrendous. Um, it, it really is like you talk about breathe, sit, breathe, actually examine something. If you look at people with special needs, the people who left us sh- say should have been aborted, you can learn a lot about yourself and say, well, maybe I should at least incorporate some of that. Not necessarily the mathematical skills, uh, maybe not necessarily the handwriting skills, but the loving skills. It's a skill set they have developed uh, that is more fine-tuned in the general populace. Right, and we need to speak out on these issues too. You know, It doesn't ma- mean that you have to um, be graphic about it or talk about abortion, but you know, show these beautiful stories and positive things about um, 
you know, these children. And Right. Well, that really bothered me. As a matter of fact, I think this video is circulating online. There were some guys in McKinney, Texas on a town square. And um, we were eating lunch, Sunday lunch after church. And they just had just giant billboards of chopped up, you know, babies in the horrible abortion images and telling people to repent and, and hell was near. And, mm-hmm. um, and everyone, everyone at our place, of course, was liberal and talking about, see, this is why conservatives, that and blah, blah, blah. And I walked up to them and I said, listen, you know, I understand what you're trying to do. I, I just don't believe this is the appropriate way to do it, nor is this the right forum. Like, well, when is the right forum? When I said, you know what? It's probably never the right time or place to show dead babies on a Sunday morning outside of a Sunday brunch spot, Uh, outside of an abortion clinic, uh, online or or areas that are politically active. Absolutely. But not where there are children here. And um, they even tried to say, well, actually, you know, we do all this work with Lila Rose and this. And I'm like, no, I've seen what the work that you guys do at live action. And you don't put up a bunch of pictures of dead babies next to a Sunday brunch spot. And that is where some conservatives miss it. And they scream louder than the sensible conservatives like you or myself. And uh, and they and they ruin it for the rest of us. Like you said, let's focus on the positive. Let's show people the faces of these lives as opposed to just death because we're playing right into their hands. And there, there's a time and a place too, Stephen. I think you nailed it with the the pictures. I would be somebody who would wouldn't be against people showing images, but it's it's all sure. about the time and the place. And if we're going to actually convert people and change their hearts and minds, and this goes into anything that we've talked about today on the show, is like um, we need to meet people where they're at. So not freak them out, not um, put a lot of pressure on them to make a decision, but give them things to think about, tangible things. Yeah. Now, it makes sense. Well, thank you, Kate. You've given us some things to think about. People can find you on Twitter at Kate M. Bryan. Uh, where else should they be reading you, Kate? Um, I'm on Acculturated Catholic Vote, and then I, I work for the American Principles Project, so there's a lot going on there as well. All different kinds of votes, projects, thing, words that are too big for me to even get into. But uh, thanks for being on the show, Kate. We appreciate thanks. it. And thank thanks you. for having me. Thank you, listener, for being here on Louder with Crowder. We will be back after the break with more brilliance. You're welcome. Listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham Talk 1600. Thank you for listening. You are welcome for free content. We talk about that all the time. And actually, I'm really appreciative that you're listening, and I hope that you are appreciative of the stuff we have going on here. That is uh, is good for you. It's good for the soul. It's good to listen to, but it's not always negative like the rest of the news that you're hearing. We do have to cover some news that's negative. That's just kind of the nature of news. It's human nature. Uh, but, uh, you know, not all day, every day. Although we do want to show this clip. Fundip has it ready up and queued of Mike Brown's mom and stepfather for context. Uh, Michael Brown, of course, the 280-pound thug who assaulted Darren Wilson, who was killed, and now everyone's marching in, in, in unison with him in civil rights protests. Um, his stepfather, 
first off, that's my first stepfather. Right away, you go, okay, stepfather, where is his father? That's that's a question. It's a legitimate question. He said, let's burn this bee down. That's what Mike Brown's stepfather said before the riots got really out of control. And so he was asked about it on a morning show, fun dip, roll clip, please. And what appears to be stirring up the crowd, I'll take a look at it, then I want to ask you about it on the other side. What do you, I know you were there in the crowd, and this was just after the news came out. What do you have to say about that? That he was just emotional. I don't feel that he stirred the crowd. The crowd was already stirred. It's been stirring since August 9th. I hold, um, I wouldn't hold him accountable for that. Okay. That comes from a, Is that I not just as telling as it can possibly be? And it's called the governor. Trying to get the computer. To, there we go. I would not hold him accountable for that. I would not hold him accountable for that. That is, in this instance, is what the man said. The man shouted a command, let's burn this bee down. Which people did. They burned down. Uh, we have reported 25 businesses have been set ablaze, most of which, by the way, are owned by surprise minorities themselves. So this guy goes up, who, by the way, do we have any idea, did he even know Michael Brown, or was he just a stepdad who Michael Brown couldn't stand? It's, it's so hard to keep track. How, how, many, how many stepdads does he have? Uh, where is his real dad in the picture? This woman, obviously doesn't believe in accountability she doesn't believe her son should be accountable for any of his crimes she now doesn't believe that her husband i I guess apparently i would like to see maybe a marriage certificate if he's a stepdad uh, or if he's a live-in boyfriend um doesn't believe that he should be accountable for his actions so these are the i'm using quotations here parents of mike brown these are the role models that mike brown has had um how could you expect this is where i feel bad for the kid how could you expect him to turn out to be anything other than a thug? How could you expect him to turn out to be anything other than uh, a gang member, which he was? He was a part of an actual gang. Whether it was a made-up gang, we don't know, but he claimed to be a part of a gang. I'm not saying this because you're racist and you, you think all black people are gang members. No, I think this man was a gang member because he said he was a gang member. You think all black people want to kill cops? No. I think Mike Brown wanted to kill cops because he rapped about it. You think all black people want to rape people? No. I think Mike Brown wanted to rape women because he wrote about it. You just think all black people smoke weed? No. I think Mike Brown smoked weed heavily because he wrote about it. You think all black people are stupid? No. I think Mike Brown was stupid because he clearly wasn't very literate and he wasn't able to write the lyrics. The the lyrics about shooting cops and raping bees uh, weren't very legible. So I don't think at all, I don't think that's indicative of the black community at all. I just think that Mike Brown was a racist, cop-killing, potential rapist who smoked a lot of weed, loser, dummy. I just think Mike Brown was that way. That's a pretty fair assessment of the individual, right, Fun Dip? Uh, I plead the fifth on that. I just want to remind folks... Stephen is broadcasting from someplace other than this building. <laughs> well, have there been, you know, Fundip is in Detroit. Have there been pretty big riots in Detroit over this? There was uh, a protest, but a fairly well-behaved protest 
last night at uh, Campus Martius, from what uh, the news is saying. But there was a protest where a couple of people were arrested not too long ago, uh, sometime last week. The one I think last night was for the for the second guy, the uh, chokehold one. Yeah, dozens of people held a lie-down protest uh, in Detroit over the uh, New York grand jury's decision not to charge a white police officer in the chokehold death of a black man. And then it says that... Uh, Uh, Republican Congressman Justin Amash of Cascade Township said in a Twitter post that there was, quote, clearly excess force against Garner. And one of the Detroit protesters, Justin Strayhorn, said that similar cases have been happening for a long time around the country. They called it a die-in, and it took place at midday yesterday at Campus Martius. Right. Well, that's a bit of a different case, obviously, the choke. Um, Mainly, that's due to ignorance. A lot of people don't understand how a choke actually works and what it takes to choke somebody to death. And I think a cop was probably scared who didn't quite know how to handle the situation and maybe didn't handle it that well. Uh, But again, we're making a leap from people don't fully understand what chokes are, people don't fully understand how they function, to cop killed a black guy, choked a black guy just because he was black. He was his, his crime was walking while black. And that's just how they set every single crime nowadays. And that just sets race relations back. I mean, think about this, Fun Dip. You can only hear so many times every day, white cop, black perp, white cop, black perp, white cop, black perp, before uh, black people go, hey, 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 we're getting screwed. And then they get angry. And then they get angry with white people who maybe had nothing to do with it. You, you can see how this news just becomes toxic and creates a worse racial divide than there was before it, right? It's frustrating. I am actually tired of being your, your typical middle-aged white male because it's a group that no one likes. <laughs> or is it just me? Well, I think I think a big part of it is you, but I understand where you're coming from. Uh, it certainly feels like people don't like you. I mean, listen, you and I had nothing to do with uh, with Mike Brown. Or Darren Wilson, you and I had nothing to do with this guy being choked in in New York, and yet people like you and I had nothing to do, nothing to do with slavery in America, and yet people like Chris Rock going out saying that you and I, you and I personally, Fundip and Stephen Crowder are guilty, and we need to own the actions of other white people. Is there just not an irony in there that's so rich it'll give you gout that a black man in speaking out against prejudice is demanding that white people be judged? by the actions of people that have nothing to do with them. So is, is it just me, or is there an incredible irony there? Uh, it's a tough call. It's a tough It's a tough call. That's because you're, 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 you were drinking your coffee and you weren't even paying attention. <laughs> I'm trying to, to do math. You got about 30 seconds left. Right. Well, anyways, as we talk about this, we'll talk about the choke. We get back. That's a big story in the news, but a lot of people don't really know how a choke works. If this cop choked this gentleman just because he was black... Uh, So Henner Gracie of the famous Gracie family, creators of the UFC, will be here when we come back on Louder with Crowder. This is Steven Crowder, host of Louder with Crowder, and I just wanted to tell you about the best gun-related website there is, AR15.com. It's one of my favorite sites on the internet, period. I know some of you hear AR15 and say, isn't that the scary black rifle? Well, yes, it is, but AR15.com is the best site for all information on anything gun-related. 
informative articles, and the biggest active gun-related community on the web to personally help you with gun safety, recommendations, where to take your permit courses, as well as the best gun store on the internet. I'm talking accessories, upgrades, ammo, whatever you need at, frankly, the best prices I've ever seen. So whatever your gun-related needs, whether it's information, personal help, or you're looking to make a few purchases, AR15.com is the best website there is. Go there, AR15.com. Visit AR15.com today for all of your gun-related needs. That's AR15.com. Fun dip. Shut up. It's my show. If you're anything like me, you enjoy a good glass of wine. But finding the right kind can be a hassle. Or maybe you want to buy a nice bottle as a gift but don't know where to start. That's where Simplified Wine comes in. Simplified Wine makes buying good wine simple. Just call 844-297-WINE, where a qualified sommelier will take your information budget, send you a curated list, and then wine straight to your door. It's just that simple. By the way, they also have a price match guarantee, so it's not only the easiest way to get great wine, but the least expensive. All you do is call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE. That's 844-297-WINE. Or don't like phone calls, you can just go to SimplifiedWine.com and hit the Simplify button. Same thing, just digital. Any wine you want, they can get. Just call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE to have the best wine at the best price delivered straight to your door. Guaranteed. What could possibly be simpler? Call Simplified Wine today. 844-297-WINE. 844-297-WINE. 